Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Petropolis podcast. I'm Taz, and we're back to doing the pet retail series. I have several wonderful guests coming up in the next couple of months for you guys. We're going to start off today with my guest, Joanna Bernowicka. She is the founder of Wellbred Pet, six retail locations in New Jersey amazing customer service. Joanna is incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to nutrition and I am grateful that she gave me the opportunity to speak with her. Here we go. Let's get started. Thank you for doing this. I know I tortured you. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm not used to doing this. Joanna, we've spoken a little bit. You have six stores in New Jersey. I've been to two of them and that's why I reached out to you because I am your staff was absolutely amazing at both stores that I went to. Well spoken, gave direction. They had no clue if I knew anything or they didn't. They were understanding. They were lovely. And it's so nice to see that, especially coming from New York City, where, you know, I get a grunt every so often in some stores or hello, and then back to their, um, you know, their their phones so it's it's just like such a pleasure. So it was wonderful having that experience. But I wanted to um, ask you to give us a little bit of history about yourself, your career trajectory that took you on this path and onto well-bred. Oh gosh, that's a long story because I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> I actually, I was not born in US, I was born in Poland and I was a corporate person doing all the corporate stuff and I loved it and I wanted to be a CEO one day. And at one point I decided to move to US to get my MBA to be a CEO. (laughs) In short, obviously, CEO is a long way. And at one point I've been, uh, after, after MBA, I got my corporate job here in US and I was doing my stuff and I really enjoyed it. But during my MBA classes, we, we had entrepreneurial class and one, and, and my group was actually working on a pet boutique chain, uh, project. So well, bread is really, a MBA project for me. Uh, I used to. I mean, it's not really MBA project. I don't want to say it's a business only because I'm I'm a big uh, pet person. I I love dogs. I love cats. I I love any animals. Even as a young child, I was bringing little birdies home and trying to save them, or little kitties. Feeding dogs with my lunch on my way from school. We had a lot of homeless dogs that time in in my town. So dogs, big big thing for me. I've always had dogs. I show dogs. So I'm even more involved in uh, in doing stuff with the dogs. So that project at school was actually like really, um, really dear to me. That's why I did it. And but then I forgot about this totally. Like, you know, I went to get my my job. I was having fun doing the career stuff. And then I reached 40 and I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I don't want to I don't want to do corporate anymore. I want to do something that I really enjoy. And then I brought out my school project. And I was thinking, hmm, how, how I even start with this? I have no idea. Like, what do I do? Do I like, you know, go and open the store or do I buy the store? And I talked with a friend who is a dog person. And she told me, you know, there is this uh, woman in Chester, New Jersey. I'm like, where is Chester, New Jersey? 
<laughs> even it was nine miles from me, but you know, New Jersey. So nine yeah. miles take you 40 minutes to drive because there are those, these are those little towns with lots of roads, back roads. Mm -hmm. So I went to meet Paddy, who was the owner of Wellbred. And I went to this little super cute boutique store on Main Street that I loved, that had all the products that I would love for my dogs. And yes, she wanted to sell the business because she was relocating. I bought the business. She, I worked with her for some time. She had like really some, she really had some great ideas that we still use. She told me everything about this business and I took it over. So that's basically how it started. That, that's Patty Storm, right? Patty Storm. So yeah. You yeah. bought the business from her in 2000. Yeah. yeah. And it was a main street store, you know, very nice, very cute in that uh, quaint town that people just walk on the street and come in. And it was more like a, a pet uh, lover boutique with some mm -hmm. food and some really great stuff for dogs as well. And uh, after a year, I opened another store also on Main Street in Clinton. And that time I almost ruined myself because I thought that pet stores could be good on, on Main Street, but actually that's not the point. You really cannot sell dog food on Main Streets. Tell me about that. Well, if you don't have a parking, how anybody is going to come and buy your food? Or if a lot of people come to that little uh, Main Street because it's really cute and you have a lot of tourists and a lot of people visiting, like people, people from the town don't want to drive to the main street. It's too That's much hassle for them. Yeah, your locals aren't going to go there during busy hours or when. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So we had really super cute boutique. I actually like went over the board with making it extra cute. But the store was not doing well. So we actually relocated to the mall. And that was my first mall store. And that actually changed our business right away because obviously now we were conveniently located and we had parking and we had space and our cute fixtures still look good in there. But <laughs> we had more more food racks and freezers. I did not know you were in a mall. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is not a mall. I wouldn't say a mall. I, I call it convenient plaza. Okay. So you're in a plaza. Got it. Now, yeah, yeah, you know, when yeah. I think of a mall, I think like shopping. Um, yeah, clothing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Macy's on one side, yeah. Saks on yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so this is my me not being a native speaker. For me, everything is a mall. It's okay. It is a mall. It's a mini mall. Got it. <laughs> but it's a service plaza. So that was that was a big thing for us. And then we opened a few other stores um, in different towns. One is in Chatham, which is it's a very tiny store in a service plaza mm -hmm. uh, my favorite overall it's only 900 square feet because we couldn't get anything uh, bigger but i just love that store it's 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 cute sweet and have the best customers ever although all our business have all our stores have best customers ever i i'm i cannot even tell you how great customers we have that is so nice to hear yeah with independent retailers and you know i do training with right way reps i work with right way reps i work with a couple of other products and brands so when i go into retail stores i don't always hear that enthusiasm about their customers so it is just refreshing to hear that from a retail store owner yeah i, I mean I, I just comment on it that actually makes a big difference for our employees because once you have very nice customers, everybody wants to work for your business because it's just a pleasure to deal with those customers. So I have to say we are very lucky and it could be related to the type of business we have because we really focus on 
I wouldn't say higher end product, but really good quality products. And we really care about the pets and we all dogs or cats lovers who like have everybody has super big passion. So I think we also attract the customers that are like us. Yeah. And I think actually it's true. Like, you know, whatever type of customer you are, the same type of the customer you attract as a business owner, you put the energy out there and it comes back to you. How do you choose your products and bringing brands in? You have, you do have a higher quality of products in your store. You have some, you know, generic stuff that you see at almost all indies, like the Froms, and we both like From, and um, you have the Stellas, but you do have a lot of uh, other products that you don't see at a lot of independents. So yeah. how do you choose? What makes you pick a product? Yeah, so, so I want... First of all, I always look what I would like for my own pets. And I think all the store owners are going to say the same because that's, you know, that's why we have those pet stores, I think. Maybe not all of us, but but many of us. Uh, but for me, I'm big on nutrition. Like if it comes to, to food, I'm, I'm really big on nutrition. I'm educated in nutrition. And I want to see uh, uh, foods, treats and chews that are done right. What, I, what it means for me, it means that I understand what's in the food as much as I can, because I don't think anybody's going to tell us 100% truth. Or even if they tell us the truth now, that truth may be not there tomorrow. And I try to understand who is the uh, manufacturer, what their values are. Are they, are they trying to do a right thing? For example, I know they can be cheated by their own suppliers, right? They, things happen, but how are they going to deal with this if that happens? Are they going to do a right thing or are they not going to do a right thing? So that's important for me uh, when I choose products. And obviously, since I'm a nutritionist, it's super important for me that I offer food that are high in meat and meat and meat, low in carbs, low in additives, <laughs> nutritionist, uh, full of the nutrients that the dogs and cats need. And that's the... So let me start another way. I have products that I recommend and I have the products that I carry. Mm -hmm. These are different. I don't recommend every product I have. I have the products so I can help customers who will not agree with me, but still want a good product. And I have products that I personally recommend that I focus, that I believe in, and that if a customer reach out to me, I would recommend them. So that's basically, that's basically the differentiation. I would not say, like, for example, a few years ago, everybody was dropping from. I actually think from is a very good brand. I mean, do I like the use some meals in it? No. Do I like the use artificial minerals and vitamins? No. But they've been on market before Purina was on the market. They still owned by the same uh, family. There is no private equity in them. I think this company is trying to do a right thing. And in my opinion, this food performs. So now do I feed from? No, my dogs only eat raw. But do I sell from? Yes. And I also noticed there's a big trend in products. Like everybody's jump on a new food. Like for I'm not going to mention the names, but there are a few new foods that have been on the market in last few years that everybody is so excited and it's so healthy and it's so uh, wonderful and everybody loves it. Well, but look deeper. Where is this food manufactured? Mm -hmm. Is it actually what they say it is, you know? And I look at this and, and I know some things about overseas mm -hmm. and I know some things about US 
And I actually, I'm not wild about some of those foods, but I do have them. I do have them because there is a customer who really wants to feed that. And it's not the food that's going to cause any issues to the dog. Do I recommend them? No, they're not on my list of recommended foods. You have to meet everyone's needs and then set yourself apart at the same time. It's a hell of a process. People owning a pet retail store is easy. Um, I think we... We take on the ones that care, the retailers that that care, take on a huge burden of responsibility when it comes to quality control and overseeing brands that they bring into their businesses. And we're, we're selling foods to pet owners and making claims, believing the claims that the manufacturers are telling us. Yeah. And... That's the thing. We're believing those claims without doing any of the checks. Are you not a checkpoint? Yeah. And like, how can I check? I can only do whatever. I, I can only pass on what the manufacturer is telling me. I mean, Sam invited us to see the manufacturing plant. And I have to say, I've been impressed a few times, really, what they're doing. But, you know, they could also show us what they, whatever they wanted to show us. My policy in last... Uh, over two years, maybe not over two years, but at least a year is, I mean, I always believed in it, but now even stronger, just don't feed one brand. I'm with you. Yeah. Because if you feed one brand, then you, you put all your eggs in one basket, right? And it's not only, you know, the suppliers of that brand can be cheating or there be shortages and they have to, I don't know, change the chicken hearts from this vendor to the other one. Or maybe they buy the same vendor over and over and there is something wrong with that chicken or that grant, grant that the chicken is, you know, feeding on. I don't know, there is some oopsie or there is a, an ethical manufacturing plant manager. Who knows? Things happen, right? So why do you feel like we don't eat one? I mean, people, some people eat one brand. I don't. I, I cook my food at home <laughs> from my own ingredients. But, but the variety is basically what helps you to prevent those oopsies and those problems. And at the end of the day, how do you know if the way of making the food is the correct one? Because the nature didn't invent it, a dry food, a raw food, a cooked food. Nature invented the dog to go the dog basically the wolf, go and hound an animal, whatever is available, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then manufacturers came up with, and, you know, and there's a lot of science behind, you need this amount of protein, this amount of fat, and this amount of vitamin D, and this amount of this. But that's not how nature, well, even we don't eat like this. We eat every day something different. So why our dogs would eat some, the same thing over and over and over? So right now, I tell my customer, just, try to do as much variety as you can without downgrading. So it means if you do feed raw food, don't go to kibble, obviously, for a variety. (laughs) Just use different brands of raw food. If you feed freeze-dried, just do it, you know, and add some moisture to it. Uh, Mix it with raw food, maybe. Mm -hmm. Do something, but do feed the variety without downgrading. And I think that's the best advice for a customer and in my opinion, to all pet store owners who want to be truthful, because in that way, you, you just, you're not going to poison that dog with one food. <laughs> I'm with you. God forbid there's a problem. I mean, you look at Hills. Hills had one of the biggest recalls, and it really wasn't um, labeled as, at that. And it should have been. The vitamin D, yeah. the excess yeah. vitamin D recall, it was one of the worst recalls. Yeah. You know, after the melamine. 
And it wasn't labeled as that. And it really pisses me off that, you know, even our vets still push, push, push the same brand over and over again. I wish more retailers would just open up and be like, hey, yeah, I have four different brands of freeze dried on my shelves. These are all high quality, decent quality. You're not downgrading if you go from Stella to New Zealand to small batch. You're not. You're just alternating, giving your pets variety. Meanwhile, all I see, especially in New York, I mean, you know, I'm a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. All I see is walls of red. I think it's just easy to sell one brand, right? You you speak the same story over and over and over. Is it economically easy? For, let's forget health. Let's think of economics of having a retail store. Is it economically um, a good way to go? I don't think so, because uh, let's say Stella, the red you're talking about, has a recall. So let's say they have some outages, I don't know, their plant stops and they cannot deliver. You totally screwed and your customer is screwed and they're freaking out because they don't have anything to feed their dog. And then you try to bring something else. We had that happen during COVID, remember? Like, I you know, did. this was not available. That was yeah. not available. Yeah. In fact, many people start alternating uh, foods that time for the same reason. And they say like, oh, it's actually worked. And my dog didn't die because I changed the brand. But I have to tell you that those vets recommending the same brand, this is all marketing. Because when you think, I mean, we know it's marketing, but, but that's how they were, were taught, right? Like put a dog on one, on, on one brand and keep it till the end of the life because that's how it keeps the customer loyal to you. Yeah. 14 to 16 years or 10 to 16 years yeah. of customer loyalty. That, talk about economics. Yeah. And not giving a shit about the end user. And I have to say, you know, for example, I have a few good vets around and I really, really wish they wanted to study nutrition a little bit more or be more open-minded because our customers are so confused. They come to me and I tell them what I know about, about nutrition. I'm not talking about anything that I don't know about. And it's like, why my vet is not telling me that? Or why my vet is telling me something that's exactly opposite? And, I'm, and, and I don't want to bash their vet because that's not the point. You know, they educated people who try to save their lives. But I don't know what to tell them. Like, like, because really, I have to disqualify what they tell them in terms of nutrition. Because what they tell them is not true. And it's really disheartening to me. I rather work with them. I rather support what they say, but I can't. <laughs> and that's, I think this is the big deal in our industry. Because in human industry, human uh, nutrition, it's totally different. Everybody's promoting fresh foods. Everybody tell people to eat fresh. Everybody uh, talk about, you know, uh, uh, grass-fed meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Human nutrition is, is very different. And it's but, different. you know, there is a positive trend, though. Because as I told you, I love my customers, right? And I love them because they're also super open-minded. So they, like most of my customers already eat healthy for themselves. Like they cooked, you know, they take the, if they take their family to the restaurant, they research what they serve in there. Mm -hmm. And many people come to me and say, you know, I feed all my, I feed my family really healthy. I don't know what to do with my dog. And my vet recommends that. And if I change my dog from that Purina, he gets diarrhea immediately. So you can't change him. So then we come up with the plan and we have a few tricks how to switch the dog so the dog doesn't get diarrhea <laughs> to better foods. I'm not going to share here because these, these are my secrets. <laughs> but I, if you come to me as a customer, I share. <laughs> and, and, and we switch them to better foods and the dogs do fantastic and there is no issues. 
So people, I noticed in last, I would say three to four years, people are so much more open. And in fact, before, if they were coming to my store and I was talking with them about uh, fresh food, raw food, we didn't have cooked foods that time. Now we do, mm-hmm. but so only raw foods that time. And they were all like, you know, like I was talking about something so abstracted. Now they come and say, hey, my neighbor is feeding this raw diet and the dog is doing fantastic and loves the food. And I would like to learn. I'm like, wow, I just love it. <laughs> That's and, and, I, and I feel it became a trend probably due to social media, maybe Dr. Judy Morgan, maybe yeah. Dr. Karen Baker, Baker uh, Rodney, there's a lot of people who... Yeah, you know, Katie Wood, Dr. Katie Woodley, all of them, you know, they're, they're speaking and they're all over social media and they're making an impact. I mean, I was, I had a wall of freezers in 2004 in my store, but people looked at me I was like I was a nutcase. One of the stores that I used to shop at introduced me to all this, Whiskers in New York. They had it since the 90s. They were, you know, oh. they were bringing in raw food since the 90s. Abity, Bravo, before it was popular, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Randy Klein, Phil Klein, they're amazing innovators in the yeah. industry. And I do have yeah. to name them because I think it's really important just to look back at history and see how yeah. things have evolved. And yet they have there was a long period where there was just a standstill when yeah. it came to foods. And I'm glad the trends are, sh- I'm glad things are shifting. I'm glad yeah. more and more people are looking at food for their pets the same way they're looking at food for themselves. Yeah. Sustainability versus, you know, the greenwashing that the pet industry yeah. has. Um, but don't, don't, you know, I wanted to mention here, Jacqueline Hill, because uh, from Answers, who unfortunately is not yeah. around anymore. Mm-hmm. She, when she started her company, she was one of those, like she acted like one of those pioneers. So she, she was near, she lived two hours away from my store. She was coming every Saturday to one of my stores to talk with our customers about nutrition, not her food, just nutrition. And I asked her, why do you do it? I mean, like you tell people things that not even related to your food. And she said, well, I'm just educating customers. They need to know. And I I really love that. Me too. And I think she really helped uh, this. uh, And people don't remember because like after a while she stepped down and she was taking care of the operations. But those who remember, they should like, we should really be thankful to her because I think she did grow a raw food business big time just by educating anybody who wanted to hear it. Absolutely. Jack, Jacqueline Hill, who um, we lost, was definitely an innovator on the raw side. And uh, she was one of the founders of Answers along with her sister, Roxanne. And um, yeah, she actually taught me immensely. She sat in my apartment in 2004 before I was going to open my store and told me I was batshit crazy for wanting to have more than one freezer in my store but she's <laughs> all right if you want to do it go ahead you know <laughs> filled with instinct so at the time yeah, yeah. Um, and bravo yeah so yeah she told me I was batshit crazy and I, I absolutely appreciate it one of my cats was sitting on her lap bullwinkle the whole time she was talking <laughs> um my holistic vet at the time introduced me to her because he he had a freezer in his mobile veterinary unit Oh, wow. Yeah. And he would actually, when he would do house calls with um, with uh, his patients, he would show them the three pound nuggets. So uh, 
yeah, I had exposure to this stuff a long time ago, and she was definitely a person I looked up to. And yeah, um, yeah grateful to have, have have known her. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned her. Thank you. There are lots of organizations out there like Spins, Retail Dive, uh, United Consumers, Financial Services. They they paint a specific picture based on their market research about the pet industry. So every year they come out with the trends, what's not working, what's working. Can you tell me from your perspective, having one-on-one -on -one contact with clients and your team, your staff, you're working with humans who are communicating every day with customers. Tell me what you think some trends are out there that both retail and consumers need to be cautious about. Well, I don't read those reports, so I cannot refer to them. <laughs> <laughs> them. Forget them. Just tell them your the, the, uh, uh, trends that are concerning. Uh, to be honest, I am actually less concerned now that I was a few years ago. A few years ago, we had that DCM scam that I think uh, may, uh, really harmed a lot of dogs because we I, know. I love that you called it a scam. Thank you. I do call it a scam. It was. It, it was. It was planned and it was used as a marketing tool and it caused a lot of harm to the dogs by people switching from better brands to lesser brands under a veterinarian recommendation and all those dogs would basically re reduce quality of life and and dying too early so for me it was a scam instead of taking care of and, and you know and there was a research before on dcm we know what are factors for dcm and one factor i mean i don't want to even talk about this sorry don't, don't <laughs> i went too far don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> but <laughs> but regardless of that, you know, if somebody wants, they can look up the research that has been done before. Uh, but regardless of that, that was a very ha harmful trend that really concerned me uh, for a while. But I think we get out of this on the good food because really people start switching to fresh foods. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great result out, out of this scam. So that was my big thing. Now, <laughs> now... Uh, I think all the bad trends are kind of like dying off. Like people want to feed variety. People want to feed fresh foods. People want to top their kibble with fresh foods if they cannot do something else. They're trying to do better things. They ask questions. They they question their vets and they question the status quo, which, you know, which a normal person should do. You cannot just, you know, say, yeah, because somebody told me, therefore, that's the truth. So I see a lot of positive trends. Uh, I still, I'm still concerned about those, uh, the trends of putting up the foods without the meat on the market and everybody wants to build on it. What and do you mean, like the plant-based foods? You're talking about plant vegan? Yeah, plant-based plant -based or basically warm-based. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I think, soy based uh, Yeah, I think they are nutritionally not adequate. I think, you know, with the time we'll learn about, the, I mean, obviously, if you try to replace meat for a carnivore, then you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, I faced a dilemma with this because I never, ever, ever would like to recommend this food to anybody. But I do have customers who are basically not an educate, like I can't educate them because they are so close minded that believe their dogs have a allergy to uh, any, uh, any uh, animal protein which yeah. I don't think it's possible. I, I, I think, I mean, this is the food that dogs should be eating. 
um, and they want a better plant-based food and I don't have it because I am so against this and I just recently started thinking maybe I should have something from a better brand to kind of have it as an opening the discussion so once they start buying from me they trust me I can possibly have them adding to this food something to try to see that the dog can actually handle animal protein uh, so th that's that's a big trend that concerns me, and I'm just trying to figure out how to address it so I can I can still serve my customers who want best for their dogs. I mean, the only vegan food that I would even look at is Noble, the Noble freeze dried product. That's the only one that I would even consider. I would never even. I mean, the dry crap on the market. Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd rather you just chop up some puree, some vegetables or would, some yeah. vegetables and add some nutritional yeast. If that's what you have to do, I'd rather you go that route. If you Well, want. but they don't, you see, they don't because, you know, you would have to add all the uh, amino acids, all the fatty acids, all the vitamins and amino they, they can't do that, those people. I know. They I wanna... mean, the fatty acids, you have to use algae. You can't use, you know, if you're true vegan, if you really want to go vegan, you can't use... Anyway. But, you know, they, they don't do it because they want to be vegan. They do it because they believe that their dog cannot handle animal protein. You know, I had a, I had a client whose vet put their, their pet on a soy-based diet. The dog has not done well on it. And no. the vet doesn't want to budge. And they got this owner, I mean, it's a puppy, no less, right? So it frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. And thank God this owner was open to trying some cooked foods to start blending in and slowly transitioning yeah. the dog out of that i didn't bring those food yet those foods and i still have a hard time even to think about this but then the argument is if i do have that plant-based diet and they come to my store i can say hey here you are and when they come next time and we can say hey you should try to do this and this and this if i don't have it what are they gonna do they're gonna turn around and leave so that's the dilemma. It's not that I want to sell it or make money because I I really don't. It's how do because obviously those people care about their dogs. It's not like if they think about, you know, about doing this, it's because of the care. They just I don't want to use the word stupid. They just not thinking for themselves. So I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't bring anything. But that's in my mind recently. And you ask about negative trends. That's the negative trend that I see big time. Other than this, I think we are on a good trend. I think, you know, with the time, you can see, you know, for example, I have to tell you, I love what uh, uh, Farmer's Dog is doing. I, I don't have interest in, you know, promoting them at all. But I think I think they're doing so much for the fresh food industry. And I think they are, the uh, they really develop that cooked market, which is appealing to many people who don't want to do raw for some reasons. But it's so much better than the keyboard. So I am extremely grateful. And I think I consider them the great uh, trend on the market to promote fresh foods and putting money in it. Think about how much money they spend to put that Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercial. They're changing the perspective about feeding pets. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. That's a great trend. I agree. They've done a good job in disconnecting kibble from the how language yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah 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 so so you know so so they being that pioneer, pioneer they kind of like reverse the bad trends 
that Purina and Hills and DCM scam and all of this put in the market in, two, when was it, 2019 or 18, something like that. So I think really people are smarter. People want to feed their dogs fresh foods. People want to feed at least better foods. They open to be educated. They look up for other sources of information than their vet who actually don't know much about, doesn't, much, doesn't know much about nutrition. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, I think we're going the right direction. Now, the problem is the cost now because everything is so expensive. Yes, tell me, so, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, so having multiple pets, I mean, I'm really happy because I get everything at cost. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. I miss that. <laughs> but, you know, for, I think, I think, I think food, um, but the same with the humans, food is just expensive. But then at the same time, veterinary cost is going up. And yeah. if you don't run to your vet with your dog having diarrhea every two weeks, you actually save thousands of dollars. <laughs> well, I think the problem is that people expect perfect poop every time. I know. How does and that who has every who has a perfect poop every time? <laughs> That's not realistic. But to be honest, you're a fart machine sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> My dogs have perf almost perfect, but not perfect every time. But <laughs> oh, Anna, you're so funny. My dogs are almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you know, I'm on a I'm on a group in my country, which is led by a very uh, by a scientist who is uh, who is. Uh, teaching people on raw nutrition, they do homemade, they don't believe in dog food at all. So they right. teach, the, you know, they teach how to manage your own dog food. And it's it's great. The woman is like, you know, PhD in nutrition. And she basically is teaching people the poop doesn't need to be perfect every time. Right. And she's also teaching people you don't need to balance every meal, you need to balance food within a week maybe not every single meal because we also don't eat balanced food every single meal the balance comes from eating the variety but now obviously we feed our dogs food which is pre-made and that's what we sell pet stores then then i would say yeah try to have that balance especially with small dogs because small dogs obviously it's very easy to unbalance everything so it's a little bit different story but that was kind of like a my remark about the poop the poop doesn't need to be perfect every time Pretty sure. <laughs> it has to be small, but not perfect. Not perfect. Let's talk about stuff that are called supplements. I'm not a fan of supplements. I think probiotics are given out like candy these days, and they shouldn't be. I don't think everyone needs to have probiotics. Sometimes it causes more harm than good, especially yeah. animals eating yeah, foods that are loaded with starches. But yeah, we have... CBD, um, mushrooms, probiotics, and there are so many trending brands out there. Just in Whole Foods, I just saw some brands that I normally saw, you know, independent pet stores. And yeah. when people don't know what they're getting, they're assuming these supplements are going to help their pets. And my worry is that they're gonna do more harm than good. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I have similar thoughts to you that supplements are in addition and not the main thing. I personally don't use a lot of supplements on my own dogs because I believe in uh, balanced nutrition over time. And I think the diet should give them everything they need. That's very important for me. So uh, I do supplement myself because I don't keep such a great diet. <laughs> I mean, I keep very good diet, but there are some things I need to supplement. 
but with the dogs so i so my worry about a consumer just buying not knowing what to do i don't worry about this because i think people are smart mm -hmm. or should be smart so if they buy something it's uh, they need to educate themselves on it and not just drop but you know about this by the same token for example there is a a raw company that promote no, it's not a raw company. There's somebody who promotes adding the uh, freeze-dried veggies to every food. There's a brand, Dr. Harvey, I think. Yeah. But, you, know, yeah. you buy the freeze-dried veggies and you basically add protein and you add some oil and it's it's a fixed food. Right. So I'm on the groups on Facebook and I'm reading that people actually use those freeze-dried veggies and they add them to kibble. They're adding them to kibble? Yeah, and they say, or they feed those freeze-dried veggies without anything. And they say, like, my dog doesn't want to eat it. And, you know, and unfortunately, they read about those veggies on the group of the doctor, veterinarian, uh, not uh, associated with the veterinarian, right. who are giving this an, as an option. But as you we're talking about people not being, you know, doing the research. That's what the some people do. So they buy those freeze-dried veggies, adding this to the kibble because, you know, kibble doesn't have enough veggies, right? <laughs> or feeding without any meat because it's healthy. So, so yeah, those extremes happen, right? This is not about supplements, but like extremes happen. So that's why we sell balanced foods. So they don't need to balance on their own. Those foods uh, also contain added, they have minerals added to them. They have other nutrients added to them that if you're adding that on top of the kibble, you may be over supplementing your animals. Yeah, of course. Other problems. Yeah, yeah they but have like calcium and other minerals. Yeah, right. totally agree. I, I think it has been, uh, I, I haven't seen uh, more recommendations on those foods after a while. So I think probably somebody realized that, yeah, don't recommend using this because people use it uh, basically wrong. Wrong way your wrong way but with the supplements it could happen as well of course but as but, but i i can't take responsibility for everybody what they buying right if they want to buy cbd yes go for it if they want to buy probiotic yes go for it so my opinion on it like even when i train my employees we don't recommend adding probiotic for every dog we don't recommend adding omega-3 for every dog we don't recommend adding mushrooms to every dog and we, we only look at the health issues and think, is it gonna help or not? For example, there's a big trend on omega-3, right? Everybody needs omega-3, but you know, omega-3 are polyunsaturated fatty acids and they actually break down very easy. They become rancid very easy. Store them correctly, or you have too many of them, you're gonna actually have free radicals destroying your body. Uh, oxidized omega-3s will destroy you. Yeah, and the majority of omega threes. As soon as oxygen, as soon as those fats are exposed to oxygen, oxidation starts. I see people buying these big containers of like grizzly salmon oil and pumping. Yeah, that yeah. air is going back into that oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're destroying your animal's health. Yeah. So I do, I don't totally I don't recommend it on a regular basis. There are certain things I recommend, and in fact, the only brand I recommend is Nordic Natural. Mm -hmm. which I have to get directly from the vendor, which I don't like. I rather buy from distributors, but I do because I consider them the best brand for humans mm -hmm. and therefore the best, the cleanest brand for the pets and only in certain situations. And 
you know, and I also I also look if they have uh, vitamin E because if they don't, then obviously there's a big issue with oxygenation. So 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 I think like you know putting those omega three everywhere it, it's a big mistake. Yes, dogs need omega three, but they get them in the meat. Meat fats also have omega threes. Balanced meat fats have all the fatty acids dogs need. You don't need to add extra. So one big trend then probiotic you start adding i mean there's tons of probiotic on the market and i start learning more about probiotics for humans and for example recently i learned that all the probiotics you can take but really they don't work very well you need like a spore based ones and mm -hmm. then you can absorb them and you shouldn't be taking them every day because you're going to destroy your own uh, bacterial yeah. flora so yeah and people top everything with probiotic or they buy food with probiotic where that probiotic is killed <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, well, probiotics are sprayed on this at the end yeah. and stored for four years shelf life. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how good those bacteria are. Or, or are. fish oil added to the food. I mean, like, yeah. you, like what was it? Purina Brine, uh, Bright Mind, Purina Brine Mind. They add fish mm -hmm. oil to the food. It's like, yeah. what do you think that fish oil is in that food? It's oh. totally rancid. <laughs> and people wonder why their pets have digestive problems. Oh yeah, now you loaded this with, you know, some kind of probiotic that's who knows what it's doing and destroy mm -hmm. the gut flora that's there and you load it with the fatty acids that are actually rancid. I'm like, great. So, so yeah, I'm like you, I'll, I'm not a big fan of uh, supplements unless they are needed. And if they need it, use the brands that are really great brands and they know what they're doing. Use small boxes, don't use like big bottles of probiotic, big bottles of fish oil or whatever. Just use the tin tiniest amount possible pre-packed. So uh, yeah, with the mushrooms, I, I do not have as much knowledge. So if the customer has a dog with a cancer, for example, I wouldn't add mushrooms just to increase immunity. I don't know enough about this. Right. But if the dog has a cancer and somebody really wants to do it, I would send them to people who actually know more, more about this, uh, who can lead them and tell them what to do. Uh, the same with CBD. I only carry one brand that I trust so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. And I am not wide about putting everybody on CBD. Right. Now, I have a dog with neurological disease and she gets CBD because it actually helps her. Uh, but I don't overdose. She only gets small doses and we buy a specific type. So so it's, it's very selective. And the same with my customers. Don't just use CBD because we have it. I want to actually clarify something with, with pet retail uh, owners and how they train their staff. They really need to be on top of this. If they're going to bring a brand in, if they're going to bring a product in, forget brand, if they're going to bring a product in, make sure your staff knows about it. Make sure they understand it, whether it's food, um, if it's a cooked sector, understand that not all cooked foods are created equal. Some are high yeah. in starch. Yeah. So it's just taking up room in your refrigerator and your freezers, whereas it, <laughs> you might as well just feed, you know, canned food. Some yeah. are, um, you know, some CBDs are crap. Others are awesome. But understand what you're bringing in and make sure your staff doesn't yeah. misinform the consumer. And that's what I appreciated when I went into your stores. Your staff was just so incredibly knowledgeable. They actually answer the question without <laughs> judgment. You know, like because I asked some really dumb questions and there was no judgment on your staff's faces. And I've gone to other stores where they <laughs> totally judge me 
I'm like, holy shit, what if I'm a secret <laughs> buyer? I guess I am a secret buyer, you know? So, you are a secret buyer. <laughs> well, to be honest, we first train our customers, customer first. Mm-hmm. And we train them that they cannot make a customer feel uncomfortable in any situation because that's the best way to lose the customer. And, and that's, we don't want that. So that's our first training. And we keep repeating this over and over and over. And, uh, but I have to tell you, it's not easy to train employees when you, especially when you have a little bit bigger, I mean, we're not a big business, but a little bit bigger, it's not one store. So, so training is very difficult because like everybody learns differently, right? One person, like I write a lot of articles for my employees and we use teams to store them and they organize there so they can read all my talks if they want to. And we also have a training guide. So we have like a listed what they need to cover and they mark on it. They, they're responsible for their own training. So they have to mark on their sheets, you know, what they went through and so on. But some people uh, learn by reading. Some people forget they don't understand reading at all. It's too difficult. It's not too difficult, just not their way. Some people learn by listening to the others. Some just need to take classes. So you have to, we have so many ways how people absorb the information and we need them to be up and running very fast. So, so it's not easy to get people to the point they need to be. Now, Best thing about our employees, I'm going to brag, is that we hire smart people. (laughs) So they learn fast. And we hire people with passion for pets, not not necessarily nutrition, because everybody who comes have no idea about nutrition. So, but they have passion for pets. They have have own pets. So after a few trainings, a few few kind of interactions, they're like, oh my gosh, I've been poisoning my dog. That's the first reaction. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they want to learn as much as they can so they can give a proper advice. But it's not easy. It's not easy to train employees. It's not easy to even communicate a new product. And it's not easy to communicate your thoughts on new products as well. So, so this has been my focus recently. I mean, this has been my focus always. But recently, I'm just trying to figure out how to make it so it's efficient and everybody can learn the way they learn best. And that's, that's a challenge. Will you do some fast thought words with me? Usually I like talking, so I'm not going to give you a fast answer. So be ready for that. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I don't mind that at all. Okay. Num num now. Well, num now is, uh, was it, is it Mars? I think it's Mars. It's Mars now for a billion Yeah, it's dollars. Mars now. But you know, they were, what, they were second on the market. So they kind of like a market follower. So for mm-hmm. me, they don't mean much. I'm glad Mars actually went into fresh be- fresh food business. That's a good trend. It's it's it me it means that something is changing around up up on the top. So good, positive. Pet Sustainability Coalition. Well, I don't know what the coalition is, but actually, when you were asked about the trends, that's another trend that worries me. It makes a, makes people to choose between sustainability or my pet health. Therefore, for example, I'm going to be feeding uh, worms because killing animals for pet food is not sustainable. So that's a trend that's obviously killing animals. Is a, it's, it's always an ethical problem for me and many people. Mm-hmm. But feeding worms to my carnivore pets is a problem. So am I going to save the planet because somebody's going to uh, grow, you know, uh, grow worms for my pets? 
And what if Mars is going to buy those warm farms and they're going to grow so many worms that they're going to, you know, take over the planet? Pathogens in kibble. In oh, kibble. In kibble. Well, I think kibble manufacturers became lazy, really, because, you know, since they cook the food, they really don't worry about pathogens. And, and that's a problem. Like the way they store the raw materials. We saw pictures from Mars, right? Having those carcasses in open containers. Uh, yeah. in, in trucks or stored without any refrigerator. So I think I think kibble is a problematic one. Let's say if I was touching kibble, I, I would be washing my hands very carefully. Thank you for saying that because it's just not discussed enough. It really should be on every package of kibble. Wash your hands after yeah. touching this crap. Yeah, and make sure your children don't touch it. If you could, now this is not a fast thought. It could be whatever thought you want. But this is my last one. Um, if you could give advice to independent pet retailers, what would it be? Don't get stressed. If you have issues, they're going to pass. <laughs> That's my advice. Because <laughs> we get stressed about things, you know, like, for example, DCM, he, DCM scam hit. We don't know. We didn't know what to do. It was drama, traumatic, you know. It was, like, was so, like, felt really unfair it passed i don't want to talk about COVID like overall but like for for the pet business right COVID came we didn't know what's going to happen well COVID, uh, the, the 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 whole COVID situation for pet business was actually pretty good because people get more pets we we sold more more products so overall we ended up pretty good uh so i would say don't get stressed out about the things uh try to do the right thing Sometimes you don't know what's the right thing, then do the best thing you think you should be doing in the situation and don't take things personally. If a customer doesn't like you, that's okay. You don't need to like them. <laughs> I love that. You're ending with that. If a customer doesn't like you, that's okay. <laughs> Joanna, thank you for doing this today. You're absolutely awesome. And I had so much fun talking to you.